welcome to the new episode of Dakota Boys Talk Movies. And boy, are we going to talk a movie tonight. Because we are. I I don't know what I was hyping there. I mean, we are going to talk about a good movie. So, at least I think it's a good movie. Is Dakota going to show his cards yet and say that he thinks this is a good movie? We're going to be traveling beyond (laughs) to a time and space. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. To a podcast where the hosts... R2, what movies, what Internet Explorer was to the Internet. I really want to smoke a cigarette right now. Is that weird? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Rod Serling. I just butchered your delivery. Oh. But thank you for the screenplay to Planet of the Apes on top of all of the great Twilight Zone episodes you did. <laughs> yeah. it's You know, it's so weird for a writer, like a good writer, to just kind of be in the, have a presence in the show like that. Yeah. Because if it was like Alex Kurtzman, I think people would have just stopped watching Star Trek Discovery like on the third episode. Like, Yeah, it takes a, I mean, it takes a specific type of person to pull that. Like, because there was Alfred Hitchcock Presents, where obviously he gave the name of the show a thing that sounds like, I'm going to be the one that introduces you into these stories. Alfred Hitchcock is obviously presenting the stories or whatever. And, uh... Yeah, I don't know, because didn't Rod Sterling do the same thing with Night Gallery? He kind of introduced that show in, too, didn't he? I feel Uh, like he did. I think he just did voiceovers. I don't think he actually showed up. Oh, okay. Because that was one where I'm, like, a tinge familiar with, but I I I didn't see it as much as, obviously, The Twilight Zone. I think some channel used to show it really late, and that's the only time I watched anything related to it. Yeah, Maybe it was sci-fi. I know. Well, I think it must have been a network. Because I feel like, do you think ABC showed them late at some point? Because I feel like I thought I saw it on like ABC or something. I feel like that'd be a Fox maneuver. That That's true. It does seem almost more like a Fox thing. Or USA or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, anyway, the reason we were talking about uh, Mr. Serling and the Twilight Zone and things of that nature is that this movie very much is in that vein and in a lot of ways really an homage to the Twilight Zone. This movie is a little over 90 minutes and is really just uh, in a little over 90 minute Twilight Zone episode. In fact, when the movie starts, it's zooming in on this 1950s television that's playing this intro that seems familiar, but the dialogue is different. And you're like, wait, it almost feels like they're trying to do the Twilight Zone intro. And it, and it calls itself Paradox Theater, which I thought was really funny. I laughed at that. So... Um, where they were kind of giving this movie world's version of Twilight Zone where you're not having to pay for any copyright (laughs) licenses or things, which I thought was fun. And it really kind of gave you a, this is the flavor of that movie. Are you okay with that? And it kind of lets you just kind of like settle in, which I thought was a smart maneuver. It allowed you to just kind of rest in the story like you do with a lot of Twilight Zones. You're just like, I know this is going to take me on a little bit of a trip. I'm just going to sit here and take that trip. You know, it's interesting, too, because um, I saw the trailer for this. I think YouTube was just airing the crap out of, like, the teaser, the trailer there for, like, maybe a week. And then it finally popped up on Amazon, and I was just like, meh, be something to fall asleep to. <laughs> yeah. And then... Well, uh, you just never know with these... Yeah movies that are bought by a streaming service and you know it's like a uh independent movie and to just to just go completely off script that same thing happened with palm springs i was just like 
Maybe I'll get a smirk or two out of this and actually ended up enjoying it. Yeah, that so movie you, went over. It seemed to be really popular. And that was also Amazon, right? Was that was that Prime? That was I think drawing it, a blank. I, I want to say Hulu. Oh, maybe that was a Hulu. I don't remember, but I, I do I do remember that one being advertised a lot. The Vast of Night, the movie we were talking about here. You know, just to kind of interject here. I just realized there's like so many streaming services out there. Oh, it's hard to keep track. It's as bad as cable. But you know something? It sure was an HBO Max. It was not HBO Max. Because this was enjoyable. And it <laughs> and it definitely wasn't Quibi because Quibi doesn't exist and it wasn't broken up into 10-minute parts. <laughs> Steven, what are these strange words you just threw together to make one word? Oh, I don't know. Let's ask Jeffrey Katzenberg. He seemed to think it was going to be something amazing. Just <laughs> Here's a slight Quibi t- tangent. You'd think during a pandemic, Quibi would have taken off, and it still failed spectacularly. It was this weird, for those of you who don't know, because you might not have, it was here and was gone pretty quick. It was a streaming service made for your phone, and it was filmed to be where you would either be able to comfortably watch it either in upright phone or sideways phone. It was filmed to work either way. And the shows were broken into like roughly 10 minute segments or the movies slash shows so that you could watch one on your commute and you wouldn't have to be like committed to like. And I don't know, what was it, Dakota, like five bucks a month or something. And they they, yeah, just, was... they were trying to rely on all these big stars being in these things and having a few things you were familiar with, like, you know, The Fugitive. Here's a show called The Fugitive. And it just died after they did the ever after they gave everybody a free trial once the, the free trials ended i was reading this article where it said like their uh subscribers just plummeted to like in the thousands or something and so anyway that was quibi but tonight we're talking about an amazon prime show which seems to be standing up for now prime is working out pretty well and uh yeah, as we said, this is really a Twilight Zone in a lot of ways, directed by, written and directed and edited. He pretty much kind of did everything in the movie by a guy named Andrew Patterson, where, according to IMDb, this is his first real movie, I guess. You know, hearing you say that reminds me of uh, Robert Rodriguez. He used to call that Chopped. Chopped, it was a written, yeah. directed, edited by Robert Rodriguez, or Chopped by Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> Yeah, I know, like, when he, if it was a movie that he was trying to convince you, like, don't take this movie too seriously, which he did sometimes. Like, I think it was, like, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, like, it said, like, chop, something with, he used some word for film, chopped, and made by Robert Rodriguez or whatever. He had, like, the three words together. But it was kind of his version of joint. (laughs) Spike Lee called it a joint. Yeah, and so, uh... This was interesting in that um, you come into this movie and you meet up with this guy and it almost feels like one long take of him just kind of talking and talking and talking his way through this kind of all these townspeople that are going to this basketball game, like the big Friday night game, you know, everybody's excited for it. You know, in the 50s, it was like, in these small towns, it was really like 
everybody went to the game, you know, and so like the whole town practically is at this basketball game, getting ready for the game to start the teams inside. And you're realizing this main character guy you're following is the local nighttime DJ who looks like he's probably in his, what do you think, to go to early 20s, just out of high school a few years? Yeah. Which basically is probably his age. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in the course of this, you realize that he has this friendship <laughs> with this high school girl. At first, I was like, is this his sister? Is this his niece? And then you realize, oh, it's just like this friend he has that is like 16 and still in high school. But I guess in small towns, that's pretty common where, yeah, you're not the same age, you're not the same gender, but you have similar interests and in things. So you just kind of hang out. And nobody really thinks as much of it. <laughs> Because you're kind of limited on maybe the friends you can make, I suppose, in a small town. Yeah. And we're introduced to her, and, and uh, yeah, and she's going over to take over for her mom at the switchboard, because it's the 50s. You still have your switchboard, and that's in case you don't know. You know those things you see musicians plug in for their guitars? <laughs> what are those? Those uh, quarter-inch... Are you talking about the amp? Yeah, well, no, those plugs... I can't think of what size they call those plugs. Oh, yeah. But the switchboard operator, you know, they move those plugs around to connect phone calls, and she's going to go do that for the night. You know, I wouldn't think that was still a thing in the 50s. Cause but it's in, in small yeah. New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like how in the Andy Griffith show, you know, it, the part of how you saw it was a small town was that the phone they had at the sheriff's office was still the the dangling, hold-it-up-to-your-ear style phone. Even, ah, yeah. even though <laughs> technology had advanced, it was like some of these small towns didn't upgrade quite as quick. Because he'd pick it up and go, Sarah, can you connect me? And he's like, they're still having to be connected, you know, even though it's like the 60s. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, we're, those are the two characters. And really, they're, it's like they're the two characters – there's a handful of other supporting characters, and then everyone else, and it's, everything else is just kind of extras. <laughs> it really, the movie really relies on these two characters and the trip you go on with them, because everyone else is at the basketball game for the most part, which is kind of important for how this story goes. Cody, you want to take over from here? I don't know kind of where we want to go with this. I don't know, because I hate to give away too much. I, oh, I, my, yeah. The big thing I, I think we just kind of want to get across is that if you love like a really cool sci-fi story, um, this is where it's at. And if you love interesting filmmaking where like you're seeing like he took some really cool he made some really cool choices that not only probably helped him keep the budget down, but I thought were really creative like movie making at the same time. Like I just thought both I thought it's like, because when I was watching the movie, you know how sometimes when you watch cheap movies, Dakota, you're immediately reminded that this movie is being made cheap because of, oh, you yeah. can tell they're being boxed in. Whereas in this, because of these choices he made that after when afterwards I thought about, it, I was like, that's a pretty bold choice. But I didn't think about it because he was using it so well to tell the story and wasn't, wasn't, it, wasn't making it look like a really hard hurdle. Yeah. Um, there's some movies out there, quite a bit actually, that um, don't have that like that big of a budget. So they they try to go for this kind of 
uh, almost like found footage uh, point of view type look, which just yeah, in certain certain instances it just looks trashy and like why why does this look like a found footage movie when it's really not? Yeah, um, I'm not gonna name any names this time. This time, <laughs> I'm let you go. But uh, oh man, let's just come right out and talk about what we love about this, and right out of the gate, love the cinematography. Of yeah, this. that's the thing. It's just like. And it's almost like it's done so professionally. You're like, man, this dude had to have been like, had to have gone to like film school for like 10 years and <laughs> had to have been like Richard Donner's understudy or I, I suppose uh, probably pick someone a little more current. Uh, <laughs> Robert Rodriguez. No, is stick with it. Stick with it. I like the Richard Donner. <laughs> I, I suppose it's been a while since he made anything, but uh I love the cinematography, and I've said this kind of time and again. We have we have certain movies that kind of satisfy us. Uh, just kind of pick. A, I mentioned Palm Springs. That was kind of a cute little, uh, interesting romantic comedy uh, extraction on Netflix. That was just a just an over the top great action movie. Probably one of the best action. The best action movie of last year. Uh, but this one is, it's such a small film and it kind of relies on acting. Mm -hmm. And the two main characters, not only do they sell it, but they really sucker you into the point where you're just kind of at the edge of your seat and, you know, it's, uh, it gets to that point in the movie where, like, if somebody, like, just walked in your door, all of a sudden you'd probably have a heart attack because you're just so wrapped up in the story. Yeah. And well, and there was even a few moments in this film where with what they were doing, like, when they were trying to put together some of the mystery that you get caught up with in this, where I w it was really unnerving, but, like, in a, like, exciting, so like, ex like a fun, exciting sort of way where it was, like, I really don't know where this could go right now. And I, I, I just found that like so fun and refreshing. Cause I just feel like, I don't know. It just feels like so many of the movies you see now and man, it's even some movies that I like, but I just don't get as like surprised as much as I wish I did, you know, where it was just like, I feel like I know what's going to happen next. And, uh, and even sometimes when I'm excited that I was right, you know, like, oh, that's what I was hoping would happen. I'm glad that happened. Sometimes I'm just as equally excited when it's something I didn't expect but still makes sense, you know? Um, yeah. Obviously, if it just goes completely unexpected and it's just stupid, <laughs> you know, that's one thing. But when it's like, when you're wrong, but you're wrong in a fun, exciting way, it's like, man, I'm glad I'm wrong. You know, you're just as happy that you're wrong, too. And and sometimes I get, like, more of excitement out of that because – I you're not expecting it. And I found that a few different times in this movie where I was like, because this movie really, as you're watching this movie, it's like the tension is just ratcheting. It's just ratcheting where it's just like, where is this going? How, you know, like, I don't know where this is going. I don't know how this is going to end. And you just feel it kind of tightening and tightening. And so each time one of those little moments happens where you're not sure what's going to happen, you like Dakota said, like, somebody walked up behind you, you'd about jump out of your chair because you're kind of like caught up in what's going to, what's going to happen. And so that, 
I mean, I, I love that whole aspect of it too. And I think part of that just plays into what we were talking about, the creative choices that were made and just that you're so wrapped up in the world because of just the way, uh, the look of it. Because on top of that cinematography, it really felt like 1950s. Yeah. In, in it was... pretty much every way. Yeah, such a very small film, but man, you could tell whoever made this really put heart and soul into it. And uh, I'm not going to spoil anything here. Uh, this is one of those films I believe you definitely should watch. Should, and we want you to experience it the way we did That's as much right. as possible. There's some, there's, I don't know, recently there's been kind of a lot of films we haven't put the, we haven't put the stamp on it. This yeah. one, we're definitely putting it on there. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have Amazon Prime. That's the one bummer, <laughs> is that this is a Prime exclusive. We're we're guessing from what we could find out that it must have been in a film festival and probably went over well, you know, I would imagine. And then, uh, you know, it's one of those where then part of what's great about film festivals and, and that why we should still want them to go on is that a lot of great films and filmmakers and actors are discovered through them because then these studios are at them and then they go, we want to buy this movie, you know, and then it allows these filmmakers uh, a bigger spotlight. That's what I'm thinking with Andrew Patterson, this guy who, who made this. It's like, man, I kind of want to know what else he's got up his sleeve. You know, if, if he can make some of these cool choices that I liked, here, you know, I'd like to see, yeah, well, what else you got? <laughs> so, yeah, it, uh, uh, this is definitely one of those things we can't sing the praises of it enough. Uh, but let's flip the side. Uh, any, any real downsides, negatives you had about the film? Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard. And maybe I'm still kind of on the honeymoon with it a little, even though I, it wasn't like I just watched it an hour ago. But it's kind of stuck with me in like a way where I just like liked it a lot. I, I can't think of anything really off the top of my head that really bothered me that much. I felt like, you know, it wasn't too long. It wasn't too short. I wasn't confused for 20 minutes at a time, like Tenet or something. <laughs> um, and so I guess as far as that stuff, I thought for the most part the acting was, you know, pretty tight. I thought everybody's acting. And so, yeah, I mean, out of the normal stuff you immediately think of, I guess I could get really nitpicky maybe. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'm mad I had to watch it at home. But I'm not even really <laughs> mad I had to watch it at home either. Um, because I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just fortunate enough to be able to have a nice TV with nice speakers and I get to sit in a nice chair. And for a movie like this, it's, it's a good one to watch at home, <laughs> honestly. And that's no knock to the filmmaker either. In fact, that'll probably benefit him, the fact that Prime did buy it and the fact that it is enjoyable to watch at home will probably be to his benefit to get more people to watch it. You know, I highly recommend watching this like in a in a house that's just completely yeah empty well, in the dark. It's the other thing I was thinking about. I watch this by myself a little later at night in my basement. Ooh. It's like this is like optimal viewing experience of a movie like this because you're just like... It just kind of gives you a little extra. And so, yeah, maybe if you got a spot like that, it'd probably <laughs> add to the ambiance. Yeah. Nobody uh, behind me crunching their popcorn too loud. Okay. <laughs> um, something I will throw out there, though. This isn't like, and I kind of did this with the assistant when I when we I reviewed the assistant. 
this isn't going to be a movie like Signs where there's jump scares and there's like, oh, we got to we got to get away from the alien. It's chasing us. Uh, grab the grab the double barrel shotgun out of out of the back of the truck and it's not really like that. This is this is a movie that kind of uh, it's it's playing to its strengths, and its strengths are suspense, intrigue. Um, yeah, so. just fun characters to be with. Because I found even the two leads, they were characters I wanted to be with. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. Whereas sometimes it's like, is this person gonna die yet? <laughs> sometimes that happens. When you're watching a movie. Yeah, that and that was the thing. It's like I never really felt like there was a scene that didn't need to be there, just because I would imagine also the people making this movie didn't want to waste time on scenes they didn't feel like needed to be there. You know, when you're on a tighter budget. You know, I actually uh, after I watched this the second time and really thought about it, I had a crazy idea. I'm with you. Okay. Okay. So take take the film. Take take like the, to work with me. <laughs> no. <laughs> take take the the di- all the dialogue the the score all all the background ambiance uh whatever you want to call it put like an old timey 1930s filter on it and just listen to it and it'd be like man that'd be pretty sweet <laughs> yeah this is one where if you did it right not in like a crappy just throw a filter over it sort of way but if you if you film this well in black and white, kind of like Schindler's List, where it was a convincing black and white, it would probably work well as a black and white movie yeah. too, wouldn't it? Yeah, more so. It probably you'd have to change the lighting a little bit. Yeah, but I just I just thought that would be interesting, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think it plays into the fact that it really is. I mean, he was really crafting a long episode of the twilight zone, which I think just plays into that same type of thing. But you know, it's, it's only an hour and a half, which yeah, it's not even a big time commitment or anything <laughs> yeah. either. It's not like you have to watch this whole 10 part series to get a cool sci-fi story. Yeah. The last movie we reviewed was, was kind of, kind of had a little, little too much heft to it. And yeah. this one is just, just a nice, it's like nice and easy to get through. And, uh, yeah, I yeah, I it's a really pa- I thought for the most part it's a really palatable movie like if you had someone that you wish would willingly watch maybe a little more of a tense movie with you. I think this is a really more palatable one because like Dakota said there isn't the dumb jump scares. There isn't like just gore all over the place or whatever it just allows you to kind of enjoy the experience where this would be a good one to watch with someone who isn't quite as on board with some of those types of (laughs) kind of eerie suspense type movies yeah thankfully no crappy cgi either yeah (laughs) which is so rare in film nowadays yeah it's getting to be a rarity and and the thing is is like maybe you know, maybe there was because sometimes, you know, movies do get away with sneaking it in and you don't know because they use it sparingly. Yeah. <laughs> so but overall. But, yeah. I mean, overall, I mean, it sounds like I'm calling this movie like sheer perfection, which I mean, it isn't perfect, but it's just that when I when I just 
put it all together, it's hard for me to like be like, oh, that was. I, I just I just found it a really enjoyable movie and thought it was probably one of the best sci-fi movies I've really seen in a while, you know, like a true kind of sci-fi type movie like this, and not just like how like some Marvel movies when you look at the rating of it will be like sci-fi action. <laughs> it's like, okay, well. I don't consider Guardians of the Galaxy a sci-fi <laughs> movie. And so as far as like a true sci-fi movie, this is like probably one of the best I've seen in a long time. You know, you know what I, I think would be a great follow-up to this? What's that? They they do it from the other side where you have like two FBI agents come to town. Ah, that would be interesting. <laughs> and you just you just turn the first film on its head. Oh yeah, that could it could be fun to play with that. Yeah. There you go. Uh Andrew Patterson, there's your next movie, the director of this. Um, or, or as we would like to call you, Jim. <laughs> um, so on a scale of one to five old box televisions <laughs> with those cool rabbit ear antennas on top. The Radiation Kings, yeah. yeah how many <laughs> How many boob tubes do you give it? Uh, four, definitely four. Four out of five, all right. I think I'm right there with you. I'm going to do four out of five, just because like we said, I mean, obviously it's not sheer perfection, but man, I would I would absolutely love if there were more movies, not exactly like this. Obviously, nobody likes a copycat, but more movies that just give you this type of like fun and suspense and just a breezy good time. Um, and uh, yeah, and it was just it's always exciting when you kind of feel like you're kind of there at the beginning of someone who might go on to do something more so that's always kind of fun too so so as you can tell we really like the vast of night and we'd be <laughs> curious what you think of it so if you have watched it uh we'd love to know what you thought and then if this is going to cause you to watch it or you watched it because of this please let us know um also what you thought of it and tell us how we're totally full of crap and it was terrible even though i think that's going to be a pretty rarity you know, It'd be hard to call this movie absolute <laughs> crap, in my opinion. You know, I just because this is on Amazon Prime, I'm going to feel like there's going to be some people who are like huge fans of the boys <laughs> who come from that show to watch this. And like, man, what was this garbage, man? I want my hour and a half back, man. You give yeah. me my hour and a half back. Well, if you've already watched uh, that many episodes of the boys, you've wasted a lot of your time already. So <laughs> congratulations. How? Um, that's that's <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna say you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just gonna silently nod my head. Are you sure? Um, you just don't want to be on uh, audible record. <laughs> um. So yeah. So anyway, we'd love to hear your thoughts um, on the vast of night. So just let us know. And where you can is, of course, we have Facebook, and maybe you're listening to us on YouTube. You can put it on there. Um. But yeah, please like us in all those places and check us out in those places. And uh, leave us uh, reviews, all that sort of good stuff. So we'd love any of that. So I think with that, we'll wrap up this nice, what we kept a breezy episode for a nice breezy movie. Yeah, thanks for listening. This is Steven. This is Dakota. You are now exiting the Paradox Theater. (laughs) 